Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cubs Corner Podcast. I'm Anthony Pasquale, and today we have a very special guest, the founder of Deadspin, Will Leach, but also a very avid Cardinals fan. You might be wondering why are we having a Cardinals fan on a Cubs podcast, but he also does some work with MLB.com, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. Will, thank you for joining us. I'm sorry, I only want to talk about the Cardinals. I don't know why anyone would ever want to talk about anything else. So, uh, sorry, this, this, this podcast is over. Uh, th- thanks for having me. Uh, I'm always happy. Uh, I, uh, I grew up in uh, central Illinois, right at the fault line where there were Cardinals fans in one place and, uh, uh Cubs fans, uh, uh, next door. So, uh, I, I like to think that, uh, uh, deep down, the rivalry is good for both sides because uh, I know we live in a world where everyone thinks if someone disagrees with you, they're a monster. But I always kind of enjoyed living in a, uh, in a town where uh, Cardinals fans and Cubs fans had to learn how to coexist, even though Cubs fans are bad and wrong about everything. <laughs> and the big thing taking over the sports world right now isn't the Cubs or the Cardinals. It's the uh, NCAA March Madness bracket that just got revealed yesterday. Do you have any early predictions for that? Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, this, the, this is a tournament where everything is going to be about Zion Williamson pretty much from start to finish. Uh, I'm writing a piece for NBC uh, about how Williamson is basically – there was all this talk when he, when he blew out his shoe and hurt his knee that he shouldn't come back to college basketball, and that would be some huge mistake. And I certainly understand those arguments intellectually, but uh, he's about to make this tournament his own. And uh, I feel like people are going to be turning in, tuning in in many ways just to watch him. Uh, the, uh, the amount of eyeballs that are going to be on him. Uh, in this next month are going to be pretty massive and will certainly help him in the long term. So I feel like this is the Zion Williamson tournament and everyone else is just sort of hanging around. So do you think Duke is the one that's going to cut down the nets in Minneapolis in about a month? Uh, I do. I, that, that is my pick. I picked them, but realize I picked them over Virginia in the national championship game, and uh, Virginia is still reeling from the Maryland-Baltimore County loss last year, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah, but that would be a an ACC final game, and a lot of people are thinking it could be North Carolina Duke. So, great representation for that conference. Yeah, and again, it's nice to see uh, the small little schools like Duke and Virginia finally get some attention. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the Big Ten also heavily represented. Of course, the Illini aren't in it this year, but not mm-hmm. a bad season for them. Yeah, six straight years without the Illini not being in. That's a that's a very long time. That's that's a whole that's a whole uh, four year uh, run, and then two more years after that. That's rough. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I. To me, it's fun to see the Big Ten represented. I think there's some good teams, but yeah, the Big Ten seems to have the same problem that it always kind of has, which is uh, there's a everyone's really good, but you don't look at any of those teams and think that's my favorite uh, to be a uh, to 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 win the uh, to win the national championship. It's it's been twenty years. It'll be twenty years this year. Uh, that the Big Ten has won a national championship. And uh, I understand why the rest of college basketball does not take the Big Ten perhaps as seriously as we would like them to, because it's been 20 years since they won a championship. And for a major conference, that's way too long. Yeah, Michigan in the final game last year, Michigan State's made the Final Four a couple of times, Wisconsin too, but can't quite get the job done against some of those bigger teams like Duke, the Kentuckys, schools like that. Yeah, and uh, um, and it's frustrating because the team that came closest, of course, of winning all from uh, from the Big Ten at that time, 
uh, was Illinois. That was it. I feel I still think like an argument could be made that that D Brown, Darren Williams, Luther Head, uh, James Augustine, and Roger Powell team is uh, maybe the best Big Ten team of the last twenty years, and that uh, they got so close and lost to a pretty fantastic North Carolina team. I think it gets lost just how good that team was. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it's frustrating, so it would have been nice to... I, I'd always like to figure out how different everyone's lives would be connected to Illinois if they'd have won that one freaking game. So uh, I think about that uh, probably more than I should. So let's forget the college basketball talk and move right into Major League Baseball. The season gets going in just a couple of weeks. You wrote a piece for MLB.com about the NL Central and kind of broke down the division. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, the, the, the NL Central is really kind of unlike any other division in baseball this year in that all five teams are trying. <laughs> I know that's kind of a weird thing to say because you would think that all baseball teams would be trying to win all the time. Uh, but that's not really the way it works, particularly in a world where people have looked at what the Astros did and what the Cubs did, uh, where they just kind of started over and rebuild and uh, reset the competitive window, I believe, is the is the nomenclature for it these days. And uh, people are willing to lose. Look at the AL Central. There are three teams actively not trying to win, and, and arguably the fourth, Minnesota, is going to be bad. So uh, the, the difference between that and the NL Central is pretty dramatic. I think the main difference is that the Reds getting so kind of aggressive in the offseason. A lot of teams in the NL Central have been getting fat off the Reds uh, the last couple of years, and uh, I don't think the Reds are, are necessarily uh, a threat to win the division, but certainly they've raised the floor in the division a lot that I think is is going to be worth keeping in mind, particularly when we get to the wild card race. But yeah, you know, this is—it's an arms race now. You know, I mean, like the Cubs, the Cubs uh, seem uh, the Cubs obviously have all this talent. The last year was—it's funny. There's there's a sense, I'm sure, as a Cubs podcast, you guys know this. The last year was some profound disappointment. I mean, but really, it was a profoundly disappointing last couple of games, right? Like they kind of fell apart at the end. But really, you know, they still won what 97 games last year. Like that's a, that's still a terrific team. And uh, I know there's some frustration that wasn't worth spending in the offseason, but the Cubs at their base level are really good, and I think you can witness that by how desperately the other teams in the division are are uh, trying to catch them and trying to get up with them. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, and my Cardinals in particular, you know, to go and trade for Paul Goldschmidt and to bring in Andrew Miller uh, around a core that was already pretty solid and, and certainly improved a lot once they got rid of their terrible manager uh, last year. Uh, I think it shows that they're they're uh, they're even they're going hard at him, and we're not even talking about the team that actually won the division last year, uh, which is Milwaukee. So yeah, all five teams in the NL Central are good, and there's just that, that's the way most divisions used to be, but it's it's uh, it really is the only one in baseball like that now. And four out of the five teams really did add, and like you mentioned, brought up the floor in that division, kind of trying to catch up with the Cubs, not, not even mentioning the fact that the Brewers were the team that did win the division last year. So I got to ask you, what do you think is the benchmark of wins you got to hit to win that division? I, I think 95, 96 might be a little bit steep considering how competitive that division will be. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing is because – this is the worry if you're a team in the division that doesn't win the division because, you know, the look at the NL East, everyone's going to pound on the Marlins. Like, they're all good. There's just wins to be had the way the NL Central used to get wins against the Reds. Uh, the NL East is going to be able to do that this year. The NL West, uh, the Padres are a little bit better, but they're still not uh, great. Uh, and uh, the Diamondbacks are starting over. The Giants are starting over. There's going to be more wins in that division for wild card teams. That's just going to be hard for anyone coming out of the NL Central. So uh, you can make an argument that 
you know, I remember the year, what was it, 2015, when the Cardinals won 100 games and the Cubs and, uh, and Brewers both won 97 and 98. That's not happening this year. Uh, you're just not going to be able, assuming the Cubs and the Pirates, uh, you're, they're not going to be able to, to just have teams that they get to the stomp on at the end. So I think it may, I think you can see a division winner with 92, 93 wins, but then see second place being 90 and third place be 88. You know, I think it could be that kind of division this year. So it's pretty fascinating. And, uh, you know, I think this is why I would understand if Cub fans are frustrated because, you know, the, uh, uh, this is supposed to be their time, right? This is, this, they, after they won the, the title, remember they, I think Theo's great quote was, uh, we're not looking to win a World Series, we're winning, looking to win multiple World Series. And then you have your owner saying, nope, we just don't have any money, which I think is pretty hard for any, uh, anyone that's paid any attention to that franchise at all, uh, to stomach or understand. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's gonna be, uh, hard for anyone to rack up a bunch of wins in that division, but, uh, clearly whoever wins the division is gonna earn it. I, I agree with you completely. I think this might be a division, like you mentioned, that second or third place might be 88, maybe 90 wins. And in a normal year, 90 wins is a good benchmark to at least get the wild card, but with how competitive the NL is as a whole and how many good teams there are in the East and the West, 90 wins might not even be enough for a wild card. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? Like, I, you, an argument could be made, though, that because there are so many teams... Like, I feel like in, in the AL... Look at the American League, for example. The American League, the, NL, the AL Central has three, maybe four bad teams. The AL East has uh, two... Uh, bad teams. And AL West may, has three, maybe four. <laughs> so, uh, and so there's a lot of wins to be had on the bottom slate that people are just going to rack up wins on Kansas City and Baltimore and Texas. Uh, uh, really all, in Seattle, really all year. And there's just, there's really just Miami, uh, in, in the National League. And I think because of that, that may keep the win total down. Uh, not because teams aren't as good, but because everyone is good. <laughs> and you can't really just uh, get a ton of uh, 100 wins. This is good. Like This is what I think, this is what people want out of baseball, right? Is uh, There's been so much, uh, I think American League still has some work to do, but in the National League, everyone's contending. And I think it's going to keep that win total low uh, to where a team may win 90 games, uh, but it's probably true talent-wise a 95 or a 96 win team and I think that that speaks to the competitiveness that's going on right now. So with the competitiveness especially in the National League Central how do you think that division shakes up by the end of the year? I am um, I am uh, about to get yelled at by uh, people <laughs> your Cup fan listeners but uh, I do think the best team in the division right now uh, is the Cardinals. I don't think I don't know matchup 25 for 25 or even 9 to 9 uh, that would necessarily be true, but you know the Cardinals have not only a lot of depth, but are, I, I've, I've talked about like they've got the ability to add. The Cubs look like they don't want to add, strangely, and I feel like the Cardinals are taking advantage of that opportunity, like the Brewers are. Um, uh, to me, the, the advantage the Cardinals have. Uh, they've got considerable depth uh, in the rotation, which can be used to supplement the bullpen if you need it. And you put that lineup together, uh, I think Ozuna should be due for a bounce-back year, and he wasn't even that bad last year. And they've added one of the top five, ten best players in baseball uh, in Paul Goldschmidt. He, what he, putting him in the middle of that order, the Cardinals have been looking for a superstar since Albert Pujols left, and now they finally have one. And maybe they just have him for this year. We'll see what happens with the contract. But they have him now, and... Uh, 
Paul Goldschmidt on a contract season after generally being underpaid throughout most of his career uh, is a good position uh, to be in for the Cardinals. I think they can build a lot of stuff around him. So I think that's the advantage. I'm not, I do have the Cubs second. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I feel like a lot of the Brewers success last year came down to that bullpen and bullpens are not necessarily that repeatable. Uh, uh, generally speaking, bullpens break down. That's why there's not great bullpens every single season. You don't see closers dominating the way that Mariano Rivera did. So I'm a little down on the Brewers and a little down on the Pirates. I actually have the Pirates as last place in this division. I, the th- I know Cubs fans are frustrated that they didn't do much, but Pirates fans, I mean, that's that, they've got a lot of talent, and they basically decided after they traded for Chris Archer, they were done. And I think that's probably going to hurt them uh, in a division where you really kind of can't, can't really rest on your laurels. Not that the Pirates have a ton of laurels to to relax on, to rest on anyway. So yeah, I, I that's kind of the way I have it going. I have the Cardinals, uh, the Cubs, the Brewers, uh, the Reds, and the Pirates. Yeah, I'm uh, almost in full agreement with you. I actually flipped the top two teams. I think. Cubs first, Cardinals second, but that's expected of me and that's expected of you. But I mean, honestly, like they're so close. I mean, like there, there's no wrong answer from those either two. I do think the Cardinals and Cubs are clearly a bit ahead of the other three. That's a weird thing to say because neither one of them won the division last year. But uh, to me, I think both teams are better than, than the Brewers, Pirates, and Reds. I think so too. And with the Cardinals adding Goldschmidt and they went out and got um, Andrew Miller, they have a pretty solid young rotation to build with too. And like you said, a lot of depth there as well. And then the Cubs really didn't do much. Their biggest signing was former Cardinal Daniel Descalso. Um, what do you think that means for the rivalry where the Cubs have kind of had the Cardinals up upper hand the last couple of years. Now the Cardinals have just about caught up. How do you think the rivalry will be this year? Yeah, well, certainly, I, I would love, I would love it if the Cardinals had just about cut up, but they have, they haven't proven anything yet. The Cardinals finished third last year, and uh, were not, and faded late uh, when they could have made a real run, uh, like the Brewers did. So, you know, I think that uh, it is. I know uh, Cardinals fans' entitledism uh, is uh, an easily mocked thing, but I think there's an element of truth to it. In fact, the fact is. I don't know if the Cardinals have earned the right uh, and their fans have earned the right to feel like they're with the Cubs right now. They, the Cubs have stepped up as the Cardinals have receded. And the Cardinals have finally now been more aggressive this year, but uh, they still got to prove it, you know, and I think that they've got a long way to go. And I, But I do think, you know, the uh, the the stepping up of the, the Cubs over the last three or four years uh, and really knocking the Cardinals off the throne has made it uh, sometimes a little nervous, a little Larvely a little nastier than you might necessarily want it to be, but I guess everything in the world is nastier than it than it used to be, at least in the age of social media. But I would say that uh, uh, the, I feel like baseball is better when the Cardinals and Cubs are neck and neck fighting for something important. Uh, and uh, I've always thought that the Cardinals and Cubs were like a nicer Midwestern Yankees Red Sox. I don't know if they're as nice anymore, but I do think the rivalry is just as strong. So yeah, to see to see. Uh, I will say the one time the Cardinals and Cubs played in the uh, in the uh, playoffs in my lifetime, it was an unpleasant experience for me. So I uh, uh-huh. I would love uh, the opportunity to to see that happen again because the Cardinals and the Cubs in the playoffs. I've always thought a Cardinals Cubs in LCS, the idea of those two teams playing for the World Series is is kind of a dream to have happen. Uh, that is as long as the Cardinals win it. <laughs> but <laughs> if that happens, I think everyone would enjoy that uh, really on both sides. And you look at the rivalry, too. Chris Bryant said during Cubs convention um, these comments about St. Louis being boring and Yadier Molina had the retaliation that he did. Um, what do you make of that whole interaction? Do you think it's going to add anything on field? Maybe 
Brian gets hit by a pitch early in the year? Is it something that's just going to fade away? I hope not. Uh, I feel like that's more of a Mike Matheny move than a Mike Schultz move to actually throw at him. Uh, I think that's a, uh, or a Tony La Russa move for that matter. That doesn't really, I don't know if that's the Cardinals and I hope not, uh, anyway. Uh, I think that, I personally think that, uh, two things can be true. Uh, three things can be true. One, uh, Chris Bryant was just messing around. <laughs> he was just messing around. It was like a Cubs fan thing. Like it's something that no one should take seriously. I think he was just having a good time. And I thought, I, I think in the context that it was put together, I thought it was perfectly fine and perfectly silly. And, uh, and I think Yadier Molina totally overreacted to it and made a bigger deal out of it because Yadier Molina is dead serious. He's not a particularly affable or fun guy. Uh, so I think he totally made a bigger deal out of it than it needed to be. I also think that both those things can be true. And the fact is, as I think it's still totally awesome that it happened. <laughs> I think it's fun that it happened because it's fun when these two teams have a little bit of spice going on to, uh, to the rivalry. I think that I think that it's, uh, it's gotten blown out of proportion. But if it increases the intensity of those games, uh, I'm all for it. Now, if it leads to Cardinals pitchers throwing at Bryant, uh, I would be very much against it. I don't think that will happen, but I, I will go on record for you now as saying if that does happen, uh, the Cardinals will not be the ones in the right on that one. Cubs-Cardinals rivalry that might be going overseas to London in the future. What do you think of that? I, I've, I've never been to London. I can't think of a better opportunity to go than to Same watch the here. Cardinals and the Cubs play. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like awesome. Uh, uh, that's something I will fight very hard to get to cover. I, to me, that speaks to the rivalry again, right? The idea that obviously they were going to do Yankees-Red Sox in the first year, but the fact that their second rivalry that they pick would be Cubs-Cardinals, I think speaks to the power of that rivalry and speaks to where kind of both teams are right now. So I think it's great. I think that's fantastic. If it happens, I will definitely come up with an excuse to get out there. I wouldn't think that the third best rivalry in baseball would be the Nationals Mets, but that's the third team they have there. Um, so now let's get into a little bit of predictions for the the other divisions, not the Central. How do you think the uh, NL East is going to shake out? Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. I feel weird saying this considering how much they added in the offseason. Actually, I have the Phillies fourth uh, in this division. I, I, do, feel I bad do too. Yeah, I, I don't quite like I get it. Like the lineup looks good, but you're acting asking a lot of McCutcheon, who's taking a step back, not just offensively, uh, but defensively. And that rotation after Nola looks wobbly. I know we all remember how great Arietta was, but he really faded quite a bit last year. And behind that, I don't think they have much in the rotation at all. If anything, I think Dallas Keuchel is perfect for that team. And maybe they added, maybe maybe that maybe that that, that helps. And in that case, maybe we adjust. But right now. Their rotation and their bullpen looks very wary for me. So I've got them fourth. Miami's obviously fifth. Uh, uh, for me, I have the Mets third, uh, but I say that with a team that's got considerable upset. I actually, I think that that Cano contract is going to hurt them in the long term. But in the short term, Robinson Cano is really good. <laughs> I think he's going to help that team. The Mets really just kind of comes down to if the pitchers are healthy. Uh, if they're healthy, the Mets are good. And if they're not, they're not. That's just generally the rule when it comes to the Mets. Uh, and I, it's funny. I feel like the Braves don't quite have it timed exactly right. All these great hitters are coming about two years before all their great pitchers come. I feel like the Braves are uh, if they're willing to spend. Talk about like kind of poor ownership. Uh, the Braves, uh, Liberty Media is very hesitant to spend on that team. So you've got to be a little bit wary uh, of them there uh, if they're going to lock down some of those guys. But uh, the next couple of years, I feel like next year is maybe the Braves year. I actually feel like the Nationals are the best team in this division. I think uh, Juan Soto is unbelievable. 
I, I feel like, I, I know Acuna won the rookie of the year and everybody loves him, but Soto uh, is like coming in with plate discipline at the age of 19. Like you never see, that's Hall of Fame type stuff. So I like uh, their rotation. I picked Washington there. Uh, in the NL West, uh, I don't think anyone's particularly close to Los Angeles. I like Colorado, uh, second in that division and, um, probably San Diego third. I think San Francisco takes a step back in Arizona as well. And the problem with the American League, it's not really fun to predict, right? Because we know four teams that are pretty obviously making the playoffs. Right, uh, Astros, Cleveland, Indians, Yankees, Red, Red Sox. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, right? Because uh, there's just no way anyone steps up. If I were to pick one team uh, for that second wild card spot, I'd say my team is probably Tampa. I feel like they've got a lot of talent. I think Tommy Pham is a huge uh, addition for them. He's, I mean, he's going to my sleeper MVP candidates. He was fantastic when he went to the Rays last year. I know he's had some issues with the fans there, but I mean, he's such a fantastic hitter and, and a good defender, too. He could be kind of a pivot guy for really that whole franchise. Uh, I think the Angels are not be able to set up. I think really that comes down to the A's. Uh, the Twins and the, and the race for that fifth spot, but none of those teams are particularly inspiring, and none of them are going to be favored when they play on that night at Yankee Stadium or, or at Fenway Park in October. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it'll be harder for the race to get that spot because they have to play the Red Sox and the Yankees almost 20 mm. times. Um, I think it might come out of the AL West, whether that's the Angels or the A's. I think one of them can maybe get it together, maybe make a move at the deadline to be that fifth team, but they're not going anywhere in the playoffs either way. Um, the NL East, I I have the Mets and Phillies really close for that third and fourth spot. Like you said, obviously Miami's last. I actually have the Braves winning it and the Nationals close second, but I think the Nationals will win a wild card and probably play the Cardinals in that wild card game in, in my prediction. And then I, I think the West shakes up exactly how you said it. Dodgers win it, Rockies second probably Padres third and then the Giants and Diamondbacks do you have a early world world series prediction <laughs> yeah I feel like uh, I think this will be the this is the third I think this is the third consecutive year I've made this prediction uh Dodgers Astros <laughs> I feel like the Dodgers I know that people are sick of the Dodgers uh they'd be the third straight world series I know there's concerns about Kershaw, but you know, their whole thing, they've just got so much depth on that team. They're so kind of well-constructed. Everybody's good. And then you've got upside uh, star power from a few of those guys. So I, I, I still am a believer in the Dodgers. And to me, the Astros are not only good, that feels like a team that can add talent at the deadline. Uh, they're really going for it now. And I would pick the, uh, I, I'm going to pick the Astros to win the World Series. They still, to me, look uh, uh, I, I, it's the Astros or the Yankees over there. Their bullpen, the Yankees bullpen is so good. But again, bullpens break down, and as much money as they spend on it, it looks great on opening day. We'll see what it looks like in August. So, uh, but right now, I'm I'm Astros Dodgers, which I don't think people would find the most inspiring <laughs> World Series. But uh, uh, that, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I actually I have two predictions. I have a Cubs prediction and a non-Cubs prediction. I think if the Cubs were to get there, I have it Cubs Astros in the World Series there. Um, don't know if the Cubs would beat the Astros, but I'll say they will because uh, this is my Cubs prediction. And then I think uh, the Braves could make a run late, maybe add a pitcher at the deadline. I have them losing the World Series to the Yankees in my other uh, prediction. Well, that would be fun. I mean, as I said, you know, for me, as long as the uh, as long as the uh, 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 the idea that the 
to me, the, the the World Series, there's no bad matchups in the World Series. To me, the World Series is the most fun thing, and my really kind of most fun thing in sports. So no matter what happens, I'll be happy with it. But uh, it should be fun. I just wish the American League had a little bit more depth to it. But, you know, that these things go in cycles, and uh, maybe the next couple of years people make a step forward. So let's get Cy Young and MVP predictions for both leagues. Uh, for me, MVP, I don't see any reason ever not to pick Mike Trout. <laughs> I just don't see anything wrong. Uh, I think uh, he's the best player in baseball. He's the guy you pick. I think there's a lot. Of, I think if the Cardinals win uh, the NL Central and Paul Goldschmidt has a Paul Goldschmidt year, it may be his time. He's never won one before. Uh, you can see him having a Giancarlo stand, not necessarily in the power, but on the eve of free agency uh, sort of season. Uh, I guess he wasn't the eve of free agency, but the eve of, of, of kind of having a bunch of power uh, as Stanton did in the market. Uh, I can see that happening. Uh, Cy Young-wise, I have to say in the National League, this feels like maybe uh, I don't see any reason not to pick Degrom. Like he is, he was so he was so much better than everybody else last year. I feel like he's got to be, be the guy uh, uh, in the American League. Uh, you know, it's funny that Chris Dale's never won one. <laughs> it feels like one of these years is going to have to happen. I'll just keep picking him until he wins one. Um, I agree with you. Everything you said on the American League side, I think Mike Trout. Um, if you don't pick him, you're missing something because he's clearly the best player. Um, if he were to get hurt, I think maybe maybe Aaron Judge could win one or one of the Indians, whether it's Ramirez or Lindor. And I do think Sale's going to win finally win a Cy Young over there. Um, in the National League, I think this could be the year either Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt really step up, or even Freddie Freeman, and get noticed for being as good as they are and maybe win a MVP. And I like your DeGrom pick, but I'm going to go with the other no-brainer in that um, league and with Max Scherzer. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong. Scherzer, so he's so great. Either way, uh, uh, you, you got to love both those guys. And that's just about all the time we have here today on the Cubs Corner Podcast. Thanks, Will, for coming on. Of course, my pleasure. Uh, good luck to, uh, to you and your Cubs this year, but uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Will, and we'll see you guys next week on the Cubs Corner. Thank you for tuning in.